All right, let's jump in. Oh, hey. <laughs> Love you, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> this is actually happening. Um, Jess asked me, she's not gonna get, whoa. She's whoa. Not gonna get, Easy there. <laughs> she, she asked me to ask you if you can record. I am recording right now. Everybody say hi to Jess. Hi. Hi. All right. Here we go. I'm recording. There we go. All right. Okay. We ended class yesterday with that. Let me pray a blessing over our discussion and then we'll dive into the night before the big battle. There we go. Lord, thanks for your love and grace on us and thank you for a class yesterday where we can just lean into battles and the metaphor of battles and also just real battles and building your kingdom and death and risk and even just the adventure of it all. Give us wisdom, clarity, understanding, work in our hearts and minds to not let this just sit inside these cinder block walls as a, as a classroom discussion. But that for some of us, we would use this class um, and use this story that Shakespeare has written um, to really consider life and death and battles, kingdom building, and following our King. Your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Hopefully yesterday you caught some of the metaphors. Fair enough. There's a whole bunch of them. I was throwing metaphors all over the place. I want to get to the night before the big battle here in just a second. But this is also kind of like a part two. We, we looked at glory, right? And what they are doing to prepare for the battle. And how viscerally different that was, right? On one hand... On the other hand, we have Henry. We're going to see Henry go around and encourage his troops. It's a pretty quiet, mellow day today um, when we watch that. I like what they set up. But the metaphor here, not against flesh and blood. Do you guys, I can do it. I have it open so I can type some more in. This whole thing has been student generated. This isn't a teacher thing that I made. The students told me that battles they have to deal with every day at Wheaton Academy in the hallways include identity issues, grace abuse, judgmentalism, racial equality and inequality, porn and loss, substance abuse, lying, cheating, materialism, jealousy, defending others. It's like it's a battle of do I step in and defend someone from the bullying, right? Apathy, sloth, even just unbelief, pain in life, sex, and promiscuity, mocking, the religious spirit that makes religion and following the rules more important than a loving relationship. There's that Pharisee spirit, gossip, peer pressure, revenge, coveting, and legalism. Yes? No? Should I delete any of those? <laughs> Are these real battles? Anybody want to throw some others out there that you think in 2018 
fall of 2018 that Wheaton Academy students are up against? Yeah. Hypocrisy? Yeah, hypocrisy. I'm just jotting them down here. I'm going to have to adjust it all. If I type it in now, it'll kind of be all weird. Yeah. Mental illness? I was just going to say, like, hypocrisy is one thing where we say it but we don't do it, right? This other type of, like, this, these battles are so vast. Like, mental illness. Like, actually struggling with freedom that comes from Christ. And we, we will not have hypocrisy in heaven. Neither will we have mental illness in heaven. It's a real battle, isn't it? Others? Yeah. Anxiety? Yeah. I was, that one, I'm surprised it didn't get up there last year, but just anxiety, right? We, it's interesting. We have the apathy, sloth, and unbelief is up there <laughs> as a battle. But anxiety, right? It's kind of through the roof right now in, in our whole country. Is it up there? I don't think it is. Can I say one? Like, I think self-control. Like, the choosing to control yourself with your phone or with whatever, or your thoughts or your, your devices, um, just your body, right? Is that fair? Is there a battle for self-control? Because I think last year I remember they wanted to put, like, cell phones out there. I'm like, cell phones aren't evil. It's what we do with them. Can we control ourselves using them, right? Same with gaming. Gaming's not inherent unless you have an evil game, right? But playing a game isn't necessarily bad. It's, it's what? Having the self-control, what you're using it for, that's really an identity issue or a self-control issue. Okay, so we got some more. A few, four more. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, you got another one. Yeah, is it up there? I don't know if it's up there. Maybe it's not. Pride is just straight up. We got an issue there. Good. I don't know how that one didn't get up there. <laughs> we probably brought it up in the past. Just there's a there's out of control egocentrism, right? Like, yeah. Others? Yeah. As the inverse of that, like not caring about yourself. Yeah, right? The, I would call this um, self-hatred. Self-harm and self-hatred comes in. It's really sad. There's so many people who are struggling with this battle of hating themselves, right? Um, like even that one, where'd that come from? Where did we get to a place where we hate ourselves? Most children don't inherently do that, right? Something happened. All right, got a few more fresh ones for the list. If you and I choose to run out there and deal with this self-hatred at Wheaton Academy or the anxiety around here um, or the hypocrisy, that'll be fun one. <laughs> Dealing with those types of things, what could happen in our effort to try and take care of these things in a kingdom, kingdom way? Will we get attacked back in these battles? Yeah, right? There could be fear that comes in, rejection. You try to deal with the hypocrisy in your friend's life, what might your friend do with you? Call out your own hypocrisy, reject you, get angry. Like, see what's going on? We try to step into dealing with porn at Wheaton Academy. It explodes. Like, what's going on? We get in trouble. 
Um, the pain that comes with it, threats, negative anger, tension, distance, gossip, failures, temptation, all these different types of things. Even just straight up getting bullied for trying to address these issues, right? Fair enough? And so I just want to, I'm just taking a few minutes today just to connect these dots. In Henry V, he wants to take over France. Okay, do they want France taken over? No. So is there a battle? Are they going to come against Henry? Yes, right? In the north, we're trying to like come against this slavery issue that's in the south and persisting. Well, they're like, oh, sorry, okay, yeah, no more slavery. No, what do they do? They fight back against it. And I think these things are very real battles. Your friend's addicted to whatever, and you come against that? Is there going to be pushback against that addiction, physically, emotionally, relationally, maybe even spiritually, Satan doesn't want to give up his ground, right? Fair enough? So what are you and I doing to prepare? You're going to watch Henry here in a few minutes prepare for the big battle and then give a big old speech, right? Yesterday I've tried to connect a few dots for you. If you're not willing to die, are you going to run into any of these? Now, hopefully you won't have to die physically. But can that happen, actually, with some of those issues? Yeah. Right? Accidents or bullying or threats or people bring guns to school. You know, like, there's some pretty intense stuff that can go on. Where would death often come with these types of issues? What type of death? Relationship death? Reputation death? See what's going on? These are very real things that can die, aren't they? Right? Um, there could be death of even like where you are allowed to go to school, a death of a dream or a hope that you might have. We're not ready for some of those things to die or willing for them to die. Something to consider let alone just all of this stuff, right? So are we, what are we doing to be prepared? And I just, the list is there, but like courage and confidence, appropriate fear, love, knowing weakness, knowing truth, strategy, vision, acceptance, self-value, self-control, hope, discipline, practice, grace, forgiveness, prayer, patience, trust, friendship, fruit of the spirit, armor of God, praying in the spirit, praying against demonic suppression, doctors, Therapists, like all these different types of things. What are we doing to be prepared? Fair enough? Questions? Okay. I left you with that thought yesterday of who are the freshmen and sophomores looking up to? In the movie, who were those little boys looking up to? They want to be like who? The ones who are marching into the battle. Fair enough. All right. Let me get to this last slide. This is uh, similar to philosophy class 
Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Arguments, pretension against the knowledge of God, and every thought captive to make it obedience to Christ. I'll throw this out there. Since our battle's not against flesh and blood, is it ever against people? Not really, right? That's complex. That's a whole other lesson. But I just want to kind of land our feet on that. The jerk who's coming against you is not ever really the enemy. It might be what they believe or some of their behaviors or the enemy who's oppressing. There you go. Bless you. Let's jump into the movie. We are at Act 4, Scene 1. Um, I will uh, try to get us to a place where we can just follow along. Look for literary devices. This is uh, some beautiful, powerful language. <coughs> some mellow stuff. This is going to set us up for Thursday with the big battle. So here we are the night before the battle. I'm going to turn the lights down a little bit. Okay, we're on page 206. Ready, set, go. Brothers, both commend me to the princes in our camp. Do my good morrow to them, and anon desire them all to my pavilion. We shall, my liege. I attend your grace. No, my good knight. No, good knight. Uh, I and my bosom must debate a while, and then I would no other company. The Lord in heaven bless thee, noble Harry. Ah, oh, look at that. God of mercy, old heart. Thou speakest cheerfully. Is that too dark? Um, Who's the first one that he encourages? A friend. It's got something to me. Art thou officer? Or art thou base, common, popular? I am a gentleman of a company. Tradest thou to piss on pike? <laughs> Even so. What are you? As good a gentleman as the emperor. <laughs> well, then you are a better than the king. The king's a boarcock and a heart of gold. A lad of life, an imp of fame. Of parents good, of fist most valiant. I kiss his dirty shoe. And from heart string I love the lovely bullet. Oh. Why is Henry starting with him? What just happened this afternoon? I mean, it's been almost a week. What did Henry just do in the scene prior? He hung his friend. How's Pistol doing? Not so good. Who does Henry go to first? His friend who's sad. Remember now, Henry's in disguise. I love that. His Pistol's like, who are you? And what does Henry say? A friend. I'm a friend. Look what Pistol says about Henry. I've been saying good king or bad king. If you want a nice paradox moment, the king's a ball cock and a heart of gold. 
He's a lad of life, an imp of fame, parents good, of list most valiant. I kiss his dirty shoe, and from his heartstrings I love the lovely bully. <laughs> Oxymoron. Henry's what? Wonderful and horrible. But I love him. Pretty cool. By the way, I kiss his dirty shoe. Anybody want to take a stab at the biblical connection there? Huh? Okay, I think that's great. You've got two. You've got John the Baptist with, I don't even have the, I'm not, I'm not worthy to untie his sandal. So you have that. And what about the woman who's washing Jesus' feet with her hair and her tears, right? She's down there kissing his feet and washing. It's amazing. And she's, the ki- she's kissing the feet of the king of the universe. No wonder we're still talking about her 2,000 years later. Smart move. All right. King Reese says that he is Harry Leroy. Anybody know what Leroy means? Huh? King. So you can see this whole time. He's, this is a little bit of like Viola Cesario kind of giving herself away but not giving herself away with Arsino catching some of that. Okay. Keep going. What is thy name? Harry Leroy. Leroy? Uh, a Cornish thing. No, I am a Welshman. Now, as thou fluent in. Aye. Tell him I'll knock his leak about his pate upon St. David's Day. Well, do not you wear your dagger in your cap that day, lest he knock that about yours. Art thou his friend? And his kinsman, too. The fig of the deed, then. Oh, thank you. God be with you. My name is Pistol Cold. It sorts well with your fierceness. <laughs> what did he just do to the king? The figo for thee? You can look in the footnote. But that is uh, F you to the king. And what does Henry say? Oh, thanks. <laughs> right? So he lets him be angry. He lets him tell him off. Let's it be. I wonder how many times God does that for us. <laughs> He's willing to just kind of take it. He's like, yep, yeah, I got you. You can be as mad as you want. I'm still here for you. Keep going. Some great literary devices on page 210. Here they come. Fluellen and Gower getting ready for battle. Captain Fluellen. In the name of Jesus Christ, speak lower. If you would take the pains but to examine the walls of Pompey the Great, you shall find, I warrant you, that there is no tit or tattle or pit bull trouble in Pompey's camp. Why, the enemy is loud, you hear him all night. If the enemy is an ass, and a fool, and a prating coxcomb, is it weak things with that we should also look you be an ass, and a fool, and a prating coxcomb, in your conscience? I will speak lower. I pray you, I beseech you, that you will. Tidder tattle or pibber pebble and pumpy skin. <laughs> Come on. Oh, what's that? Anybody know? Yeah, last rites before a potential death in the morning. Let's clean everything up before we go see God. 
they're getting ready to die, right? I love this last one, too. If the enemy is an ass, does that mean we have to act like an ass? <laughs> oh, brilliant, right? Even just think about that with what we just talked about. If Satan acts like an idiot, do we have to act like idiots? <laughs> no? Oh, that's so good. Keep going. Okay. Now we've got Bates, Court, and Williams. Remember the racial stuff. And here they are. Henry's off to the side and joins their conversation. Brother John Bates, is not that the morning which breaks yonder? I think it may. But we have no great cause to desire the approach of day. Page 211. The beginning of the day. I think we shall never see the end of it. Hmm. Who goes there? A friend. Hmm. Under what captain serve you? Under Sir Thomas Eppingham. Good old commander. And the most kind gentleman. I pray you, what thinks he of our estate? Even as men wrecked upon a sand that look to be washed off at the next tide. He has not told his thought to the king. No. Nor it is not meet he should. I think the king is but a man as I am. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Underline highlight. <laughs> hey, the king's just like me. Uh, the king is him. Okay, good, beautiful. Well, it smells to him as it doth to me. His ceremonies laid by. In his nakedness he appears but a man. Therefore, when he sees reasons of fear, as we do, his fears out of doubt be of the same relish as ours are. Hmm. He may assure what outward courage he will. But I believe as cold a night as tis that he could wish himself in Thames up to the neck. Page 212. And so I would he were, and I buy him. At all adventures, so we were quit here. I think he would not wish himself anywhere but where he is. <laughs> then I would he were here alone. This guy does not want to be here, does he? I wish I was back by the River Thames. The king can be here all by himself if he wants to. Yeah? He thinks I could not die anywhere so contented as in the king's company. Ah. His cause being just. Right. And his quarrel honorable. That's more than we know. Aye, and more than we should seek after. You guys catch it? Like, just so you're wondering, in case you didn't catch it, Act 4, Scene 1, is, uh, we're all waiting for the big battle. What are they debating the night before the big battle? They're what they're doing is right. Yeah. Remember what you guys I started the whole thing with that timeline. Can he take over France? Yeah. Should he? And to see what's going on, and what are they? So it just says, so not me. Like this is Shakespeare sticks this on stage, right? With a king probably watching <laughs> the audience, <laughs> only about 150 to 200 years after the big battle, <laughs> right? Whew! Here we go. Know enough if we know we are the king's subjects. If his cause be wrong, our obedience to the king wipes the crime of it out of us. Oh, really? But if the cause be not good, the king himself hath a heavy reckoning to make. 
and all those legs and arms and heads chopped off in a battle shall join together at the latter day and cry all we died at such a place mm. some swearing some crying for a surgeon some upon their wives their poor behind them some upon the debts they owe some upon their children were already left hmm. I'm afraid that a few die well that die in a battle but how can they charitably dispose of anything when blood is their argument hmm. now if these men do not Interesting. So the son that is by his father sent about merchandise to sinfully miscarry upon the sea, the imputation of his wickedness by your rule should be imposed upon the father that sent him. Hmm. But this is not so. The king is not bound to answer the particular endings of his soldiers, nor the father of his son, for they purpose not their deaths when they purpose their services. Besides, there is no king be his cause never so spotless, can try it out with all unspotted soldiers. Every subject's duty is the king's, but every subject's soul's his own. Big line. I know you're jumping around. This is line 168. So it's on page 214. But you guys catch that? They brought this big, huge question up night before the battle. It's quiet on stage, a little fire conversation with the disguised king. And the king himself is saying, wait a second. If this isn't a just battle, you're, you're going to blame the king? Now, why is there some tension there? If they disobey the king, what is that? Treason. Treason. Right? But at the same time, just to follow the king blindly into an unjust battle, is that a good idea? No. So that's our tension here, isn't it? Look what Shakespeare has Henry say. Whew. Every subject's duty is the king, right? But every subject's soul is his own. Tomorrow... Where you end up in regards to your salvation and heaven and hell, where's that? That is on your head. <laughs> Actually, following me into battle, do you even necessarily have to do that? No, that's on your head as well. Although it is your duty to obey, because Paul writes about obey and honor the authorities in your life. But at the end of the day, your soul is whose? Yours. It's not the responsibility of the king. Fair enough. Go, Henry. Thoughts, comments? That's just a cool line, by the way. <laughs> Every subject duty is the king. Every subject's soul is his own. And actually, they end up getting it. Tis certain. Every man that dies ill, get upon his own head. Hmm. The king is not to answer it. I do not desire he should answer for me. And yet I determine to fight lustily for him. 
I myself heard the king say he would not be ransomed. Aye, hmm. he sits so to make us fight cheerfully. Hmm. But when our throats are cut, he may be ransomed and we near the wiser. If I live to see it, I'll never trust his word after. You pay him then. Hmm. Hmm. You'll never trust his word after. Oh, it's a foolish saying. Your reproof is something too round. I should be angry with you if time were convenient. Let it be a quarrel between us. If you live. Be friends, you English fools. Be friends. We're French calls enough. There's that line again. Don't fight each other. We got to fight the French, right? Will you guys catch what Henry did? They're all scared. They don't want to be there. They're overwhelmed. They don't know if it's a good or bad battle. And by the end of it, what are they doing? What? You, you, don't, you don't defend him? Hey, after this battle, we're going to have a fight. Like, they're all fired up so much that they're going to fight for him. They're defending him to the point of, I'm going to survive tomorrow so that I can fight you. <laughs> right? Look what Henry did with that whole scene, trying to encourage his troops. And he, he's doing it in the right way, in the right time, but also meeting them where they are and kind of walking through it with them. Kind of cool. Good leadership, by the way. Yeah? Are we tracking? Keep going? Okay. We are now jumping to bottom of page 216. They throw the glove. That's all the stuff. They skip that a little bit, but there's the whole glove thing. And here's what's interesting. You're going to get a super famous soliloquy. It's about three minutes long, and then a little bit, and then boom, we wake up. Most of the lines are here. We go to the top of page 217, and then we skip over some lines to 218. That's all of 218 and 219, all the way to page 220. And we'll wrap up scene one today. Um, big famous lines, though. Shakespeare saves these for Act 4. This is a king. A, king Henry gets a soliloquy. What would you do the night before the battle? What are you thinking? You're walking around, pulling an all-nighter. The fate of your people and your country and your soldiers are on your shoulders. Again, who wants to sign up to be king or queen, right? This soliloquy is pretty beautiful. It's in Shakespeare's hands, and he gives us a taste of what it might be like to be royalty in this type of situation. Here we go. Upon the king, let us our lives, our souls, our debts, our careful wives, our children, and our sins lay on the king. Hmm. We must bear all. Born with greatness, subject to the breath of every fool. <laughs> right. What youth at heart's ease must kings neglect that private men enjoy? Yep. And what have kings that privates have not to, save ceremony? And what art thou, thou idle ceremony? Page 218. Drinks from off instead of homage, sweet but poison flattery. 
power of thee, sick great greatness, and with thy seven will give thee cure. Canst thou, when thou commandst the beggar's knee, command the health of it? Everybody else can sleep. What's the king doing? You wanna you wanna sign up to be God? <laughs> Who never sleeps and never rests and is aware of all things? Everything that's going on? Who <laughs> baby? Let alone just being the king and all the weight, all the responsibilities. I love that. It's not the ceremony and the throne and the crown and all that. No, he's a human being. 25 years old, trying to carry all of that. Next time your leader pulls an all-nighter, praying or thinking or processing, fair enough, right? Keep going. Nobles, jealous of your absence, seek through the camp to find you. Good old knight, collect them all together at my tent. I'll be before thee. Okay, look what he does. Oh God of battle, steal my soldiers' hearts, possess them not with fear. Take from them now their sense of reckoning, if the opposed numbers pluck their hearts from them. Not today, oh God, oh not today. 
Think not upon the fault my father made encompassing the crown. <laughs> I, Richard's body, have interred it new, and on it have bestowed more contrite tears than from it issued forced drops of blood. Five hundred poor I have in yearly pay, who twice a day their withered hands hold up toward heaven to pardon blood. And I have built two chantries where the sad and solemn priests sing still for Richard's soul. More will I do. Though all that I can do is nothing worth, since that my penitence comes after all, imploring pardon. My brother Gloucester's voice. I know I errant. I will go with thee. The day, my friends. Okay, we ready? Here we go. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Night's done. Dark our steeds for present service. Nay, nay. And make incision in their hearts. No, don't do that. That's horrible. Do but behold yon poor and starved band, and your fair show shall suck away their souls. Two twenty-four. The shales and husks of men. It is not work enough for all our hands. What? Why do you stay so long, my lords of France? Gun island carrions, desperate of their bones, ill-favouredly become the morning field. They have said their prayers, and they stay for death. A very little, little they must do. <laughs> <laughs> and let the trumpet sound, the tucket summons, and the note to mount. For our approach will so much dare the field. England shall couch down in fear and yield. Think so? What little, little let us do? He's just gonna give up? Alright, what do we need? Where is the king? Yeah. <laughs> himself is robed to view their battle. Uh-oh. A fighting man. They have full three score thousand. <gasps> That's five to one. <laughs> Besides, they are all fresh. Ah. It is a fearful art. Yeah. Oh, that we now had here. But one ten thousand of those men in England that do no work today. What's he that wishes so? Ah, what do we need right now? Come on, what do we need? A big speech, right? <laughs> do we know what he said back then? No. But he must have done something. Because the dude woke up one morning and had to motivate his troops to go do what? <laughs> Go with. I love how Shakespeare sets it up. We're totally outnumbered. Um, I wish we had some more people from England. What? No, 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 no. We don't need anybody more. And then we get this amazing, awesome band of brothers speech, right? But not today. You have to come back to class on Thursday. <laughs> wait, wait. You want more Shakespeare? Yeah. 
No, you don't want any more Shakespeare, do you? Oh, it's so good. Hey, what does Shakespeare have Henry do the night before the big battle? He prays. You can go good king, bad king there, but at least he's got him on his knees, even just visually. Now, if you want to go bad king, don't worry. We can pick apart that prayer pretty easily, <laughs> right? But just for now, he prays at least, right? Yeah. I find it interesting how he starts like listing off all like, does, and then he's like, "Oh well, I can't get forgiveness before I sin." So yeah. I, well just wait. I know. He's like, "Oh shoot!" It's just so good. Shakespeare's so good. Even the prayer, we yeah. can pull it apart. Um, nice job. Famous stuff there with the upon the king moment. What would it be like, right, to have all that on your shoulder? You're waking up tomorrow. Ah, right? And the weight of that, the weight of being a leader in our country or at a school or at a church, those types of leadership decisions that keep you up all night, the weight of those decisions affect hundreds, thousands, maybe millions of people. Whew! <laughs> This stuff's real. There are humans walking around with that type of responsibility on their shoulders today. Fair enough. Shakespeare gives us a little taste. Thanks for listening today. Nice job. Come back for Thursday. Got probably about half an hour, 45 minutes of famous speeches. <laughs> we'll look at this big famous speech and then we'll ride into battle. Might as well. All right, so big battle on Thursday. And this is still only Act 4. I know, there's still more. All right, we're done. Nice job today, you guys. You're awesome. Peace. <laughs> oh, dear. Go, Henry. I love reading about, like, the tactical parts of this battle. Oh, it's so great. Because it's, like, the perfect storm of the English having all these tactics and the French screwing up. Totally screwing up. We're going to look at just that tomorrow yeah. on Thursday as well. Yay for Robin Hood, right? Holy cow. English, the English longbow back then is decisive. Yeah. Crazy stuff. I, I, was, I was reading the Wikipedia page for it, and it yeah. was talking about how they're still getting in arguments over whether or not, like, <laughs> the arrows could pierce, like, the steel armor. Or, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, totally, man. Back then, those dudes, they're the real deal. We wouldn't have a Robin Hood myth if there wasn't something going on, yeah. right? See ya.